Well, good morning one more time. I hope everybody is uh, ready to hear from the Lord this morning. I hope to do the best job that I can of bringing that. So uh, we just want to dive right on into the lesson. And the, the title of the message this morning is The Gap. And our first scripture comes from 1 Peter 1.7. And it says that these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. And our first point says that the trials of life oftentimes feel like gaps in our lives. We thank God we're not where we once were, but yet we still find ourselves frustrated we're not where we want to be. So as I was studying for this lesson and uh, trying to, to, be, to get prepared, the Lord just kind of quickened it in my heart that, that it's not very difficult to establish to the people that, uh, that there's trials. Because everybody across this room can lift their hand and say that they have been through trials. And more than likely, you can raise your hand and say that you are going through trials. So, uh, so really what the Lord uh, said to me was that the reason that the trial feels like a gap sometimes is because sometimes it's like walking up to the edge of the Grand Canyon and thinking that you're supposed to be over there and not knowing how you're going to get across. And uh, whenever I looked up the definition for gap, it, it had several different things there. One of them was a, a space between two mountains, and, and one of the definitions was a, a loss of continuity, like in an electrical wire where you have a short. And sometimes the reason that our trial feels like a gap is because we're trying, we're trying, we're trying to get through this thing, to push through this thing, but it just feels like we've been disconnected from the power. I mean, whatever we do, it's just like we're spinning our wheels. We're stuck. We just can't get to that place where we're pretty sure we feel like we're supposed to be. So many times we go through trials, and many times the trial feels like a gap because we just feel stuck, and we don't know what to do. So... Uh, So let me read 1 Peter 1, 7 again. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. How many of you know that whenever the trial comes, that's whenever your faith gets to be showed genuine or not? It gets to be showed that what you believe or what you say you believe is what you really believe. Because, you know, if we're not careful, we, we'll spread out and we'll get, to, we'll get to thinking all kind of things and believing all kind of things. Uh, and we don't really know if that's what we believe or not, truth be told, until the trial comes. Until the heat gets turned up, we just say that we're believing that. When you're in a financial situation, let's say you've been a faithful tither for two or three years, and by the grace of God, you hadn't had the, the, the trial come in your life yet where, where maybe it's not because of sin and maybe it's not because of a, a dumb mistake or whatever because we know those comes too. But what if you're tithing and you're being faithful to the Lord in everything that you do 
and then all of a sudden hardship strikes. Financial burden just comes upon you, and it's something that you may or not been able to control, but now all of a sudden the, the financial situation that you're in, it just isn't the same as what it was before. That, that's, whenever, that's whenever you have the opportunity to prove that you believe the Word of God, that my tithe comes off the top 10% before I do anything else because I believe that God's good and I believe that everything I have comes from Him. So why would I not return to Him the 10% that His Word says that I'm supposed to give to Him? I mean, everybody kind of thinks that they'd be a good tither until all of a sudden they ain't got the money to tithe. Or all of a sudden, they ain't got the money for the electric bill. So what do you do? Do you cut the electric bill and sit in there in the heat and sweat and pay your tithe? Or do you pay that electric bill sitting there and enjoy the air conditioner but sweat because you know that you're cheating God? When the heat gets turned up, that's whenever we get to prove that what we believe is really what we believe. So your faith is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. I love what the Lord showed me here. Just like in the parable of the tithe that I was talking about just then, your faith is far more precious than gold. So don't sell out your faith for the price of a dollar. Don't sell out what you believe and not tithe. So when your faith remains strong through many trials that will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Hebrews 11:14 says by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended and the word there commended really is could be substituted for the word praise. God commended Abel for offering the better sacrifice. I had a hard time when I was first studying this message because where it says it will bring you much praise, glory, and honor, I just didn't really know how to take that. It says that it will give you much praise, glory, and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. But I believe that also when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise, glory, and honor even here on the earth right now. So let's move on. Hebrews 11.1 1 says that faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things we cannot see. To sum that up in the most simplest form that I've been able to get my head around, faith shows what you really believe. And especially that happens in the middle of the trial. So we all have gaps in our lives. That's not hard to wrap your minds around, is it? Anybody going through a gap right now, through a trial right now, where they just kind of feel like they might not get to the other side or they ain't sure how to? We all have gaps in our lives. Your gaps are necessary because your faith is necessary. Our gaps are directly related to our faith. So uh, your gap is directly related to your faith. The trial is directly related to your faith because it's through the trial and it's through the gap that you strengthen your faith and that you find out what really is your faith. What do I really believe? You find that out in the trial because you, you watch your actions and you see what you do. 
So uh, a couple weeks ago we was hiking and uh, one of the ladies that was hiking with us, it was, it was a little over a four mile hike, maybe four and a half miles. And, and as y'all know, a couple weeks ago, just like right now, it was sweltering hot. It was difficult. And uh, about three quarters way through the hike, the lady said, uh, you know, she said, I'm really glad that I came on this hike, she said, because if I would have knew that it was this difficult, she said, I wouldn't have came. She said, but now that I'm here, she said, now I know I can. She, so, so she was changed by entering into a trial that she didn't know how difficult that thing was going to be. So now she has more faith in, in the ability of what she could accomplish on a four and a half mile hike, 95 degrees outside. So, so it's the same thing with the trial. Many times, we don't really like the trial, just to be perfectly honest. We don't, we don't like that place, but uh, it, it builds us up. It grows our faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And our next point says that God uses our gaps to grow our faith, just like with her on the hike. God used the gap, the place where she was walking through this unscheduled, uncharted territory where she didn't really know how she was going to come out on the other side or if she was just going to sit down in the middle of the trial. God used that to grow her faith. God also uses the gap to keep us focused on him. And... Uh, Hebrews 12, 2 through 3 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. You know, whenever, let me read this on out. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know, I believe whenever Jesus went to the cross, the joy that was set before him that he kept his eyes on was the Father. So that he could be seated with him and he could be reunited with him. So I believe that we take our cue on that. And for the joy that's set before us, which is Jesus and the Father, we keep our eyes on him as we go through the trial. God also uses the gap to keep us dependent on him. And I got a little note wrote down here at the bottom and I think it, I think it kind of helps. It's not about the gap. It's about your heart. Because this whole world, all of creation, the wind and the waves and the sea and the deserts and the wild animals and anything that it is that could come against us is all under the power and the control of God. I mean, he, he holds it all in his hand. And he can, he can calm the waves, and he can silence the storm, and, and he can handle all that. But there's, uh, there's something more important, more valuable at stake in the midst of the trial, and that's your heart. Because if the storm rages 
and the winds blow and your heart stays hardened, then it doesn't matter whether God calms the storm or not. It doesn't matter whether God hushes the waves or not. All is lost if your heart stays hardened. So 1 Peter 4.19 says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Trust your lives to the God who created you. And if you're suffering, if you're suffering for what is right, just keep on doing what's right. If you're suffering in a way that pleases God, just keep on doing what's right. The trial and all the, all the difficulty that could come against you, God holds in his hand. But his concern is that you trust in him. And just like we said this morning whenever we was doing communion, his desire is that we abide in him and rest in him. And uh, anybody that, that is trusting in the Lord right now and anybody that's abiding in the Lord right now can tell you that most of the time, God doesn't really vanquish the storm. And God doesn't really uh, calm the waves nearly so much as he just allows you to rest in the middle of the storm. If you're trusting in God and you're abiding in him, then he's the cleft in the rock. He's your shelter. You can sit back in a lawn chair and, 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 and enjoy the storm as it passes by. And you can praise God in heaven. As the storm hammers your house, you can do that if you abide in him and rest in him and trust in him. So as we pray, believe, and wait for God to bring us through our gap, because it's okay to ask God to bring you through the gap. We want to come through the trial. We, want, we, we really do want the storm to relinquish. We really do want the, uh, the hardship of, uh, that we're going through financially we want that to die down a little bit so we can live in abundance. Of course we do. We would, uh, we would like for our marriages to be uh, smooth and, and wonderful and we'd like to be connected together with our wife and with our husband the way that we ought to be and we'd like for all that fighting to die down. You know what I mean? That's good. All those things are good things to pray for. And that, but as we're praying for that, we will be required to activate our faith by activating our praise. So, before the breakthrough ever comes, before the breakthrough ever comes, before, before things get better at home with your wife, it's gonna have to get better in your heart. And before the, the breakthrough comes in your pocketbook and in your bank account, the breakthrough is gonna happen first in your heart. Because Maybe we all know across this room that God could do a wondrous work in your bank account. How many of us know that he could deposit a million dollars this morning? Come on. <laughs> but if your heart don't change, you'll be broke in two or three weeks. And how many of you know that he could, he could bring a little bit of peace at home between you and your wife? But if you haven't changed your heart, you'll be throwing stuff at her again in a week. Is it true? It's, what ha it's the breakthrough that happens in your heart 
that delivers you from the storm. It's not, it's not the power of God to vanquish the wind and the waves and the storm. It's praising him in the middle of the trial that brings breakthrough. We will be required to activate our faith by activating our praise in the gap. So what's that look like? I really tried to seek the Lord on this. What does it look like to activate our faith by activating our praise? It looks like remembering what God's already done for you in the past and where he's brought you to today, even through some of them storms that you was fighting against back then. It looks like commending God for what he's done the same word that we switched around earlier for praise whenever God commended Abel for the better sacrifice. We commend God and we praise him for bringing us through to this place of victory, this place of success, this place of being alive and having a wife, this place of uh, having the money to pay your bills and your tithe. So activating your faith is opening your mouth. You have to open your mouth. In Romans 10, 9 through 11, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And I love what it says here next, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your heart that you believe and are justified, and that's good. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are actually saved. And I think that that means saved from the storm that we have to fight against today. And I think that that also means saved from eternity in hell. I believe thoroughly that uh, believing in your heart's not enough. I think that if you live your entire life believing in your heart, that God is good and that he died for you on the cross and that his desire is to be reunited with you. If you believe in your heart all your life and you never open your mouth, I'm scared of what that would look like. I really am scared of what it looks like. If you only believe in your heart, but this is what I know. I believe that if you really do believe something in your heart, I believe eventually it is going to come out of your mouth. I really do believe that. So I believe that whenever we're in the middle of the trial, whenever we're in the middle of the difficulty, and we're really not sure what to do, and you need a default, you need a kickback move, you need something that's gonna bring you out of this thing, I think let's make our default opening our mouth and just praising the God who saved us. Open our mouth and just giving praise and thanks to the God who brought us through. I think that that's our default move because I think before you do that, I think breakthrough will never come. Lamentations 3.24 says, I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. I'm not concerned with what this world will give me. My hope is in the Lord. I'm not concerned with what my bank account can yield. My inheritance is God, so I'll open my mouth and I'll proclaim it to all generations. Our praise is what sustains us. Because time and time again we're going to come across this trial. 
If you think that you've come to a place where you've been delivered from the trial, so you're not going to have to worry with that anymore. Well, I've got upsetting news. There'll be another one. It's coming again. So we don't need to just be delivered. We need to be sustained. I mean, we need to be able to continually, consistently be sustained through the storm and through the trial. Our praise is what sustains us. Finding your praise grants access to your breakthrough. Praise connects us to God. It really does. I mean, whenever you get in your quiet time and your quiet place where you just begin to conversate with him back and forth and you just begin to thank him and, and praise him, that's whenever you feel connected to the Lord. And connection to God's what saves you. Connection to God's what bring you, brings you through. And whenever you're connected to God, then your heart is transformed. And then because of your heart being transformed, your circumstances are transformed. Psalms 40 verse 3 says, He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. Because God delivered David from the, the enemies and from the snares, God put a song in his mouth. It's being delivered through this thing and trust in God in the midst of that. That's where the hymn comes from because you remember the times that he saved you before. That's where your song comes from and that's what you sing in the middle of the difficulty. Take courage. A new song can declare the beginning of a new season because what God puts in your mouth open doors. So you need to be sure to say it, right? You need to be sure to speak it. So here in a minute, we're going to go back into worship. But before we do that, I just want to say that uh, if you're a Christian this morning, if you've been saved, if you've accepted God into your heart this morning and and maybe you've been going through trials and maybe you're not really sure what to do. I just want to invite you to use this time as we go into worship in just a minute to sing out your faith to God. Sing out your praises to the Lord. Sing out your remembrances of the times that he has saved you in faith. Activate your faith by opening your mouth this morning. It's a good time to do that, I believe. But I also want to say that... Uh, Just like the scripture that I read earlier, Romans 10, 9 through 11, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to read that, that scripture real quick, because I'm actually going to start in verse 8. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. The word's been brought this morning. It's near you. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming right now. That if you confess your, with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess 
and are saved. I think we actually have to activate our faith, activate our praise, and open our mouth. I believe that if you don't know the Lord this morning, I believe that this is a good time to open your mouth. So, uh, it says that as anyone who trusts in Him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So with every eye closed and with every heart bowed, if you don't know the Lord this morning, maybe you've been going through trials all your life and you're not sure how to get through them and you, and you think that uh, it sounds like the Lord's the way, maybe you'd like to be introduced to Him this morning. It's real simple. You gotta confess with your mouth. You gotta believe in your heart so much that your mouth says, Jesus, save me. So anybody that doesn't know the Lord this morning and would like to be introduced to him, we're not gonna embarrass you and make you walk all the way down here. But I would like to invite you just to stand up and open your mouth. You ain't gotta holler. Just speak loud enough that the Lord can hear you right there where you're at. Enter into a conversation with Him. Ask Him to help you and save you and forgive you of your sins. Tell Him that you need Him. He understands whatever language you speak. So if that's it, you this morning, I'll just give you a couple more seconds to stand up. If you don't know the Lord and you'd like to be introduced to Him, Anyone who opens their mouth and calls to the Lord can be saved. It's not just for special people, although you're special to Him. Anyone who calls.